connecting with the small group network in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Group Talk. Group Talk. A podcast centered around strategic ideas for leaders of small groups. Whether you're stuck in your ministry or you're just looking for practical wisdom to help you in your ministry context, the small group network exists to keep you supported, inspired, and informed so no small group point person stands alone. Let's get ready for today's episode of Group Talk. Please excuse this interruption. The lobby is coming. The lobby is coming March 7th through 9th. Go to smallgroupnetwork.com and click on events. There are still a few spots left. Hurry. Well, welcome to Group Talk. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Carolyn Takeda. I'm your host, and I'm also the Executive Director of Small Groups at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. So I'm in the trenches right there with you. Um, as we kick mm-hmm. off another, another year of Group Talk, and Happy New Year, by the way, in 2016, I just want to say a big thank you to your listeners. Um, since we've moved this broadcast to a podcast forum um, last fall, we've had a record number of downloads, and we're so grateful for your support. And so thank you for subscribing to the podcast, for um, sending us helpful comments, and for listening faithfully every month. And if you're a new listener and this is your first time listening in, welcome, and we really hope that this is helpful to you. Um, By the way, if you ever have any ideas for topics you'd like to see addressed, feel free to drop me a message um, on our Small Group Network Facebook page and um, just jot down what you're thinking and what you've been wrestling with, and I'd love to get that feedback and see if that's a topic that would be appropriate for our program. So our hope has always been that after you listen to Group Talk that you'd walk away not just with the useful information that our guests are so gracious to provide, but that you'd also feel really encouraged and that you would know that you're not alone as you work in your ministry environments to build community in your church. And, of course, this has always been the objective of Small Group Network, um, that we walk alongside the small group pastors and directors and point leaders so that they are doing this in community with others. And so with me on the program today, it's so appropriate for January as we kick off this new year, is the founder and the leader of the Small Group Network, Pastor Steve Gladen. Hey, Steve, thanks for joining us. Carolyn, always so much fun to be with you. (laughs) (laughs) It will be, um, and it is. And let me just introduce Steve briefly. I don't have to go through his pages of resume because we all pretty much know who he is. Um, But in case you don't, Steve is um, the small groups pastor at Saddleback Church in Lake Forest, California. He's been there since 1998. Um, He's written two great books, Small Groups with Purpose and Leading Small Groups with Purpose. I guess you wanted to stick with the same title with just one word change. I just realized they were so similar. They're two different books, though, Um, and they're excellent for for a resource for small group point leaders. Um, Steve is the expert for the experts. That's kind of my my description when I describe him to people because he's there, uh, the expert for all of us um, point leaders, and he's been a mentor to so many small group pastors, including myself. I probably wouldn't have lasted in this ministry or or um, been as joyful in it um, or as productive in it if it was not for Steve's influence in my life. So I'm especially grateful for you and for the network. So before we got, go into our topic, Steve, you know, it's um, as we kind of turn the corner on this year, would you briefly describe how Small Group Network got started? Um, back nine years ago, and then what your vision is as we enter 2016. Yeah, it seems so funny as we uh, start our ninth year. It was a, a crazy thing, but way back in, well, it seems way back in 06, we did an audit of all the uh, 
calls that were coming in, and we saw three predominant things that were coming in. One was a lot of the questions uh, were were just consistent, and they were they were typical ones that you could answer, just about anybody could answer, but they just weren't sure where to go to uh, to get the answer. So uh, Saddleback being having a church with a large influential platform, uh, a lot of those calls were coming. So we know that they were you know that they were you know somewhat early on. Uh, not fundamental questions, but questions that, you know, a lot of different people could answer. They didn't have to get it from me. Uh, Another piece that we saw was that, you know, the people were, they tended to be more part-time and volunteer. Uh, A lot of churches across America, when you look at the swash of 435,000 churches, that, you know, um, there's not a lot of people doing it full-time. And uh, and so most of the calls coming in were were from those people. and then the the third thing was is that when we tried to tell people to network with other people, they didn't know who to go right. to in their area. And so that was kind of the impetus that said, you know, we we've got to help, you know, make sure that people don't stand alone because uh, there's no way we can handle the volume of calls. And so anytime we can keep dishing those out and getting resources more available, so. Uh, yeah, so that that was the the thought back at the close of '06 and in '07 we started to roll it out. So it's been fun to watch how so many things yeah. have changed and <laughs> and how much has grown. And so it's exciting. And but yet the same, but the same focus of wanting to help small group point leaders find one another, kind of like Match.com for small groups ministry, um, and to yeah. build build smaller communities through huddles and through the regional leaders. Like, that's been the DNA from the very beginning. Like, you didn't set out to create an organization so much as to create really a network of um, relationships. And that's yeah, kind and of what we... Yeah, I was going to say, and the tipping point was just that, because you had I had two calls on uh, two two days. Uh, one was on a Tuesday, one was on a Wednesday, from two guys that were uh, less than 20 minutes apart from each other and <laughs> didn't know each other. And that happened three or four times uh, in the zone, but I'll never forget that call. And so part of it is, you know, whenever you start out in a new year, God, or, you know, start off on anything, a new year just happens to be a transition when we tend to kind of get out of the holiday funk and sure. start thinking about something. But it's that, it's that whole point where, uh, like me, it's like, oh, God, I don't have time, or I'm not qualified, sure. or how can I do it? But lo and behold, you know, 30 of us have banded together to say, hey, we'll try to make this thing work together and uh, happen, and just never would have thought that almost nine years ago. I know, and it's so great how God's blessed it. Now, going into 2016, um, do you have any special or growing vision for for what you would like to see the network develop into this year? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple things that we, you know, one of them is just the the word in, intentional. I, you know, I mm-hmm. guess I'm thinking of you know a couple different words, but one of them is just in, intentional and and being concise with what God has given us. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, over 29,000 people have signed up to uh, to receive our newsletter and and being intentional and just connecting what God has given us. And so, you know, that's one of the big things we want to say is how do we move that 29,000, you know, into that zone and just praise God for all of those those group, uh, those people, small group point people that are out there that we're working with, you know, another one is international, uh, you know, as we, as we thought, you know, how can we make this thing global? 
because as I've traveled at different places and as Saddleback has international campuses, you know, what is God calling us to do there? And so in and now that we've kind of got a footprint almost on every continent uh, with, with huddles uh, there, uh, you know, growing that and, and seeing where God is moving. And, and some of the big ways have been in, uh, in the Asia, in the Central Africa, and in, um, in the Middle East. And so very excited about, you know, seeing that going through. And as you know, in, in the Middle East, you know, that's where you got to go almost underground because the persecution sure, sure. Um, is is just so high and, and so much, you know, uh, going after us. And then the third word I would say is, you know, uh, decentralization. One of the things that we've seen from Accelerate and the, and the lobbies is that, you know, th- those are so great. You just take 150 people at each one and you, you can make so many cool things happen. But when you take it larger, you start to lose some of the intimacy. So uh, we we experimented last year up in Canada with a lobby. We're experimenting with a an accelerate, and we're going to decentralize those to put them to save people money, but also yeah. to build yeah. keep that in, intimacy high. So three great things exciting that we're looking towards in uh, 2016. Yes, and we'll keep doing what we've been doing, which is interacting on social media and continuing to do give newsletters, our blogs up and running. There's, there's a lot of points of connection, so hopefully all those resources will be helpful. And we'll keep doing group talk, which um, is, is very, very fun for me and such an honor. Um, so, Steve, okay, now we can turn to our topic. And when first you proposed this, um, this topic of how small group ministry is similar to football, I thought, oh, you've been watching way too much football. <laughs> this is what's on your on your mind. Um, you can but, never watch too much football. <laughs> okay, so that's one view. Um, but I have to confess that I've never played a sport. While you were out on the field and on the gym and doing all your sports stuff, I was in the library uh, and reading. And so um, if you're listening and you feel like, okay, I know nothing about football or sports, and I really don't care, I promise this topic will make sense and will be valuable to you um, because there's just some – pieces that are just across the board, um, and football gives us a good analogy point to, to break it down. So I promise as a non-sports-loving person like myself that this will make sense and it will be useful for you. So let's just dive in. Um, all right, football. So we're talking youth, college, pro. What are we talking here? You know, it really doesn't matter. The thing why I even say football is because whether it's college, whether it's pro, whether it's international, uh, so, you know, American football is really the, the underscore of it, but or soccer, as we call it, but the international football. Whether it's that, the thing that I think is so valuable in this particular group talk is when something's working, you always want to look at what are they doing that makes it so successful? Mm-hmm. And there, there are transferable principles. And, and, and as, you know, I sent to you, uh, you know, there, there are many transferable principles, but I think it would help us to, to identify some of those so that we can say no matter what type of uh, team sport it is, they're very applicable to what needs to happen right. in okay, your small so group ministry. Sure, at, at different points, right? So, first one, you need players. So, first one to kick off, you said. Oh, see, I had kickoff. Look, I'm like getting in the spirit of things. Uh, there you <laughs> go. The first point is that you need to recruit people. So, you want to expand yeah. on that? 
Yeah, and so, you know, obviously, in every church, we're always thinking through and going, yeah, we always need leaders, we always need more people, so you're like going, oh, ho-hum. But when you look at <laughs> when you look at college sports, you look at pro sports and things like that, they're looking at people two years before they're going to hit their field. And I think what the church misses so often is we, we look for a caliber of a person versus looking at a person that we could make the caliber of person we want them to be. And so in part of recruiting is being able to see the, the, the goal that is in somebody and to say, okay, how do I develop it? And part of what, you know, I'm always teaching our staff and as we're always looking to our community leaders uh, is being able to say, you know, who's that next person? You're going to get a million no's. But, what you know, who's that next person? Because for a lot of people, it's just not a, a click and they make a decision to, to join your team. Right. But, but more often than not, God works on people. And so two years before they say yes, you've got to be thinking, okay, how am I recruiting them? How am I, how am I pouring into them? How am I letting them know that they're on their radar? I love seeing our students. Uh, some of our students or our college people or uh, even some of our staff in those ministries and being able to say, you know, I've got my eye on you. You're going to be great in this ministry. I'm planting seeds. I'm already starting to recruit them, even though I don't have a position, uh, because I know that I'm going to need them in the future. So recruiting is a key a key piece of that, and you, you've got to keep moving towards saying, okay, who are those people, and how do I fill that pipeline so that when God does you know, bring to the place where I need them, that I can utilize them? And so when you see that kind of potential, Steve, do you recommend letting them know that you have an eye on them, or is that likely to scare them off? Well, I mean, it's okay for them to be scared at sometimes because they're just like going, hey, there's no way. I mean, that's that's too far away or something like that. But, you know, I think you building a relational peace with them. Uh, I mean, our... Our, you know, uh, our battle is always going to be uh, political. It's never going to be military uh, in, in nature. So, I mean, you just want to build that relationship. You don't have to tell them that we're going to be on staff. You're right. It probably would scare them. But I always do, once I know them and I have some relational pieces with them, I'm always, you know, right there to be able to vision cast into the Imagine with me if in two years you could be on staff with us. So, I'd well, that's something. Right, and that's something we actually encourage our small group leaders to do because some of the best leaders come from existing groups, of course. So we try to tell them to have those conversations to say, hey, to one of a group member that they see potential and say, imagine with me that you could lead your own group um, in mm-hmm. two years or a year. And I like that. I like your point about giving a time frame so, so that you're not hearing a no right away. Um, but more of a not yet, or let's build into that. So that leads really well to your point too: is you know developing a talent um, mm-hmm. on the on the team or with the players, and how do you do that? Yeah, and, and part of this is again. So you you start with recruiting, but you've also got to have a farm system. And one of the things when you're looking at whether uh, it is pro, I mean, whether it's college going to pro. Uh, but that starts in high school, which starts in junior high, which starts in Pop Warner, uh, in the American thing. There's a whole farm system that develops that. And, and part of what I'm always looking at is saying, okay, how in children's ministry are we doing groups and how are we developing our children 
so that, you know, when they're in high school, so when they're, and when they're in college, when they're working, you know, how, how does that whole streamlined piece work? You know, one of the exciting things at Saddleback, 45 of our staff were born at Saddleback Church. I mean, oh, wow. their, their, par- their parents were here, so they grew up in our system. They they got married, or they're a single adult, and they're now working in, at, at the church that, you know, they've grown up with. Um, well, my daughter's a, an example of that, you know, where she's, she's working at the church right now, you know, on a different team. But every one of us as small group people, point people, we got to be thinking, how are we developing the talent? Is that letting them play a role in the group? Is that them leading the group? Is that them, you know, getting a taste of what it means to be a part of the infrastructure and the, your team? Is that part of leading with your team? But what are, how are you developing that talent? How are you challenging people? Because I think the key word there in talent is how, how do you challenge people to, to grow? Because they don't do it by osmosis. But until right. you put a challenge in front of somebody, they're, they're, they're not forced with a decision of saying, hey, do I accept this challenge and do I take the next step? And I think so often in our groups, you know, or in our infrastructure that we have with our small group ministry or even with us, sometimes we're not challenged so we don't grow or we're not challenging to grow people. And so part of that is, you know, having a, a, a system around you that's always saying, okay, how are we developing people? Now, always thinking crawl, walk, run, and where people right. are at developmentally, you've got to say, how do I make it developmentally appropriate? Which is the big challenge in leadership, right? How do you make it appropriate mm-hmm. for each each uh, level? And then what do you mean by reload versus rebuild? Well, you know, so often in churches when there's a vacancy, they're, they're starting from ground zero. They're, they're you know, rebuilding. And uh, But when, when you have a farm system developed, you just reload. So it, it's next person up. And so when somebody's gone out, then you already have somebody in vision that's saying, hey, I'm going to reload them into this spot. But more times than not in churches, when we have a vacancy, we're, we're starting from ground zero. That's why I tell all my staff, even today, you've got to be thinking around the, the, the people that report to me. I'm always telling them, you, you look at every one of your people and say, who's their replacement? Because two years from now, they're going to be gone, or they may, they may still be here, but you've got to be looking at that. So you always want to have that reload mentality versus I'm starting from ground zero. And is that something that's helpful to, to train our small group leaders on? Do they have the expectation that one day they may not be around to lead the group? Um, and who's next up to do that? Because otherwise the group yeah, would end. Right. It's in every tier of the organization. A good leader always is developing someone behind them. So when they're gone, you know, the next person is there to reload in their spot and go. Uh, one of my best examples was we used to have an organic farm here at Saddleback, but the person that ran that ministry, uh, you know, built that solely around them so that when they got transferred, which they weren't planning on, the farm's dead because there's no leadership development happening. Uh-huh. And so that whole leadership, that, that developing talent all goes back to, you know, what's that leadership development pathway that you have in store for each one of your, your different, you know, parts of the, of the small group ministry? You know, when you first said organic farm, I thought we were still on that whole farming system thing. <laughs> so I was like, what? <laughs> now your your new people are organic as well. 
again, the sports beat. It took me a while to figure out what farm was. Um, thankfully, as you know, you know my husband. He has educated me on sports quite a bit in the in our marriage time because there's so much I didn't know. So I learned about what a farm system was, so I get it. Um, but the idea is constantly be on the lookout for people that are going to be in your pipeline so that you have someone to reload with. Um, yep. Okay, and then this next one seems kind of obvious, but um, I'd like you to flesh it out, and maybe it won't be go for W, not L. And I, I know enough that W means win and L means loss. So, of course, we want the win. So what do you mean by that? Well, L means loser, and so oh, put oh. that emphasis on there. So You like yeah, to label, we, label your leaders. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we live in a day and age where we, you know, everybody's a winner. Everybody gets a trophy <laughs> for just even showing up and picking your nose. But uh, part of... <laughs> You've been coaching well, Little League, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Part of the uh, the principle here that I'm, I'm trying to help say, so often our people don't know what a win is. And that's mm-hmm. what I love about the sport. It's clear what a win is. And in our church system, I think what we, we miss in our small group ministry is we don't clearly label what a win is. Okay. And we're too abstract. And so, uh, and so you can't define a win or a lose. Uh, in a lot of small group ministries, because you don't even know what sport you're playing. And in so many small group ministries, there's four different sports going on. And so it's wow. important for you to be able to identify what the win is. That's so true. And what you say about it being sometimes more abstract, because, I, I mean, I just had a moment of conviction, but if you were to ask our small group leaders, what's a win? And I I think they would say, you know, love God, love people. Well, that's great, and that is a a big win. But I, you know, they they need to be able to articulate what that looks like um, broken down. It could be, you know, I've served someone this month, or something much more tangible and and bite sized and practical, right? Because that's what kind of fuels it. The the little W's along the way. Yeah, and it and it actually leads into that next piece. Uh, that I was talking to you about uh, that, you know, obviously our listeners don't know, but, you know, I sent you, you know, my my, my little notes to you on, on this thing. But but it, it, it's taking care of those fundamentals because right. that's what articulates the win. You know, in sports, you know, in this example we're talking about is football, you know, there's blocking and tackling and there's a playbook. You know, you run plays. Uh, you know, you, you understand, you know, when the game starts and when the game's over, you know, you, you, you appreciate calling audibles, uh, you know, when you see that the terrain looks a little different on the offense or the defense. And in the same way in a small group ministry, oftentimes we're not articulating those things. Most small group ministry, we're not sure what the playbook is because we haven't designed a playbook or we don't know what the fundamentals are in uh, blocking and tackling, which may be in your guidelines or or in a covenant. Um, We don't know the different seasons for our small group ministry. And sometimes, you know, we're too scared to call an audible because everyone says, hey, we're we, we can't be flexible and things like that. But in a game, all that stuff is real time. And all I'm just saying is, in your small group ministry, you should learn from the the, the, the very basics of what sports will do and uh, taking care of those aspects. Well, let's... Um... Let's break that down a little bit. And for those of you not sports people, I've recently learned what an audible is. It's when you uh, make a plan that you're going to do a certain thing, and then you go out there and then change your mind, and only certain people can call an audible in our church. That would be our senior pastor. 
Um, but yeah. the, and then you adjust on, uh, in real time, as you say. But, okay, so we've used this language a lot on our leadership team because I work with a team of men, and um, mm-hmm. they all love football. So blocking and tackling, like, we've actually broken it down. And so maybe you can kind of work us through this, Steve. Is, so blocking and tackling in our ministry would look something like answering emails within 24 hours, um, having good signage so you know where the group is meeting, doing the promotional mm-hmm. stuff, um, making new people that come show up for the groups feel welcome. We have, like, a little protocol for that. It's kind of the nuts and bolts, would you say, of um, running the ministry? Yeah, it's everything from running the ministry to even the basics of what you want them to see in, in running their group. Uh, in small group ministry language, we have what we call a covenant or guidelines that kind of help right. frame up saying, hey, these are the, these are the, the nuts and bolts of your small group. We're not going to leave you there. We're going to do that. And then you're right in the small group ministry. Hey, here's the, some of the basics. Can we be nice to people? Can we smile? Uh, can we make it look like, you know, this is a fun thing to go to? Can, can we tell people about it? You know, there's so many things that you're just like going, if you don't do that, you're like going, why in the world are you even on the field? And, okay, uh, so, so an example, last last fall, it's not interesting because this example just uh, nails it. Um, we had a new group starting, and the guy had to communicate, the leader had communicated where it was starting, the address, the whole thing. Um, but then I got an email from someone that was sent to that group and said, I drove around, I could not find it. So his porch light was out. So he couldn't, um, they couldn't read the number. And so he didn't go. They couldn't go. And then meanwhile, the leaders in there are going, why aren't people coming? <laughs> so I actually now say, okay, if you're a new group, make sure your lights work. Put a tie a balloon on your mailbox. I mean, some really simple, simple fundamental stuff. Like you've got to get people there. They've got to know where to show up. Yeah. Um, so the little things, like we get, sometimes we get so head in the clouds with the big strategies. And I think sometimes people need to learn. We need to equip our leaders to do some of the basic little things. Um, and then the yeah, running plays, what's an example? Well, I mean, that for, for us, it's, you know, what do we want to see happen in the, in, the, in the group, the lifetime of the group? And those plays are, you know, for us, it's the five purposes. So we give them clear-cut ways to execute on each one of the, the end in mind, our, our paradigm that we have. And so we're giving them examples of, you know, how to do that. So, but it's clear, every group knows, I need to do fellowship, I need to do discipleship, I need to do serving, I need to do missions, I need to do worship. That's one aspect of being able to, you know, kind of give them the win, but now we're giving them the plays so that they can win the game. That makes sense, and that's also what you use your um, crawl, walk, run, sort of, along, kind of breaks down the plays into, I guess, first downs, second downs, whatever these things are called. (laughs) Um, Don't get lost in the weeds, Carolyn. I'm trying. (laughs) All right. And then there's the timeouts um, that Mm -hmm. get called. What what would that be? Well, I I mean, again, there's times in your seasons that, you know, either for your team, you you may have structured when you do certain team getaways or you you may evaluate your things or there's certain seasons where you do stuff. And all I'm just saying is that, you know, in your small group ministry, there's, there's times when, you just need to, to regroup. You need to be able to say, okay, what do we need to do? It may not have been on our radar when we made our planning, whenever you make your planning, but when do you just call time out and you give the team a breather and, and you address something that, that's right there? And this yeah, can be, and I think you know, go ahead. 
taking uh, well we don't have um, most of our groups don't meet during the summer or they do something very abbreviated and much more social and that kind of seems mm-hmm. to function as a time out of sorts kind of a, a space to breathe um, and get kind of fresh for the upcoming season so it's kind of it's built into our small group calendar which seems to be helpful um, yeah. the next one I, I think is so interesting because um, you know our listeners were all from different churches different structures um, and you said coaches have a system that you need to fit into so you explain and expand. Yeah, and, and again with this, this is all part of your your church's ethos or your environment or the DNA. But again, you can take different players, different coaches, and put them in the wrong system, and they're going to fail. But they get traded to another team, and all of a sudden they're a success. Well, why? Well, because they've gotten into a system that they that they feel they can be a part of. So you could take this in many different ways of being able to say, hey, from um, from me personally, am I in the right system for my church? Is this what I is this what I live and breathe? And this is what I'm excited about. And my my senior lead is is the person that I I want to you know go into and I I identify our system. It could be another different angle of being able to say, I'm not sure what our system is. What's our mm-hmm. church's system? What's our DNA? What is it that we value the most? And how can I be an agent to help uh, communicate that uh, even better and, and and more effectively? But I, I think it's it's and then part of it is you know the system is you know what a coach does is he gets everybody to play nice together, and <laughs> uh, you know everybody can't be everybody, and so and you're comfortable in the position that you play, and, and so part of that is. Also helping the people, helping maximize the people that God has given you, whether they're paid right. or volunteer, uh, whatever it is, God's giving you people. So how are you coaching them in your system and, and you know, and how are you developing um, in not only who you are, but, you know, you're, you're helping them adapt, you know, what, what you're, what you're all about, you know, a classic thing that we do in our membership class is we clearly lay out the system. This is what you're getting involved in. If you don't like that, that's okay. There's a million other churches around us, and we'll help you find a church if you don't like this system. But you got to clearly identify, hey, this is where we're going, and this is what we're going to be about. And the same thing in your small group ministry is you're helping people, you know, right out the gate, whether they're part of your volunteer leadership or whether they're leading your group, you're saying, hey, this is the system we're in. This is where we're going. This is what it's about. And so... Right. Part of that is is you got to know the system to coach to the system, uh, and then you know, of course, then of course, if you don't like the system or you know you can't <laughs> coach to that system, that's a different that's a different talk. That's a different talk. Um, you know, another piece of that is when your small groups ministry is aligned really well with the church's system and culture, you're going to experience um, success and fruit um, much easier than if your small group system is different than the way you're, the rest of the church is pushing. I, I think I recently actually had a conversation with um, a small group uh, pastor at a, a church nearby, and, and they were explaining that his vision for this great program they wanted to roll out with their small groups, and I said, well, how does that fit with your overall? vision um, for the church. And it, it, she was a bit stumped. 
because it didn't. Um, and it was such a cool program and, I, and wonderful, but um, that's not where the rest of the church was going, and this wasn't going to fit so well. And I said, you can do it, but then you're going to be a stepchild if you want to be um, treated with uh, respect and get the resources and um, be part of the whole. you got to get on the same page and be part of the system rather than an offshoot um, because that will make your life a lot less frustrating. Which is why some teams win national championships and some teams don't. <laughs> All right, we haven't even dealt with the trophy yet. That's coming up. All right, so now next okay. next one is equipment. This one's quick. Equipment for ministry. Are you talking curriculum or something else? Yeah, I, I think you're talking about all all the different things. Of course, curriculum is one of them. So you got to think of what what are the things that the. Uh, it, well, let me just take this personally for us as point leaders. You know, uh, the Bible talks about the armor of God, and you got to be thinking through. Okay, spiritually, how am I tuning myself so I can even lead this ministry? Uh, then you you start thinking the, to the next layer down. What are all the points of leadership that you need around you to make your ministry successful? And, you know, when I was at a church where I, you know, I had no staff, I, they were all volunteers, but they, in a sense, they were equipment. They were part of what God pooled around mm-hmm. us to be able to play the game. Uh, and then in the same way down in, in your small groups, if these, if this is what you want them to do, you know, what do they need around? Now, part of equipment is training, part of equipment is tools, sure. you know, part of equipment is curriculum, part of equipment is technology to be able to, you know, communicate and all those things. But again, I think you just got to, you know, with, with equipment, with fundamentals, with so many of the, these things, these are just introspect, inner, uh, you know, looking inside your own self and inside your church saying, are, are, we, are we equipping our people to do the stuff? We send people into battle, uh, you know, against Al-Qaeda and ISIS and other things. And, and, and we never even bat an eye of saying, hey, I want to give them the, them the support and the resources they need. And in the same way in a football team, you don't send people out there without helmets. I mean, that's like silly because, you know, <laughs> they're going to get hurt. But yet right. you, you fund that. So what are the things that your small group ministry needs in order to play the game? And if you don't, if you don't ask those questions, then you're, you're going to miss. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and some of it is resources. Some of it even could be staffing resources, um, and that's mm-hmm. something to ask for in the long long run. Um, the next one, playing as a team. Now, this one is huge. This is the difference between playing golf as a team with cumulative scoring versus playing football mm-hmm. or volleyball or base any team sport. Um, and you know, I, I think this one almost goes without saying, because if you don't, you don't get to leverage anybody else other than yourself. That's going to be a very weak mm-hmm. ministry. Yeah, if everybody's the quarterback, you, you're, you're, you're going to lose. If everybody's a lineman, you're going to lose. And so the part of that is helping people feel comfortable in who they are. And then, of course, you as the small group point person, you've got to think who your team needs to be. Uh, if mm. you're an if you're an introvert, then you're probably going to need some extrovert people around you. If you're a disorganized person, then you may need some organized people around you. Uh, all of my staff are pretty staff, and even before that, volunteers. Uh, I mean, I can think of you know the the people that I I had at my last church where you know the volunteers I had around me they were compliments to me uh, because you know they were the team that I needed around me. And that's what, you know, you have to think, you know, what, you don't need more of you. 
youth plenty. <laughs> you need more of the other things to make your to make your ministry go go well and strong. Well, that would require a high level of self awareness to realize I can't do it all. I I need somebody else to do some of these pieces, um, and sometimes those pieces they just love doing. And what's like a huge headache for me, they just love to do. I'm like, yay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I but, do make sure to tell, tell our leaders, our small group leaders, that literally, like, there's a lot of things at church we, you could run just with staff, but um, you cannot run a small group ministry without um, volunteer leaders. They just can't, it just, by definition, cannot exist. And they yeah, kind of so, go, yeah, so part, okay. <laughs> so part of that is, is like, in, this, in that example, if you're not a, you know you're going to need volunteers, if you're not a good recruiter, then you want to get some yeah. volunteers around you who are great recruiters, and right. it doesn't you know just understand who you are. But uh, it, it, you know, part of this too in this analogy is in football. It's clear I know all the positions I need to be on the field. Sometimes in ministry, that's not as clear, mm. and that's why it's so important for you to understand what's all involved in a small group ministry, uh, so that you can know what are the different pieces that I need to have on my team. So that when you do have all those pieces, you get to your ninth and final point that you play for the trophy because you're competitive and you want the trophy. I just want to feel good. (laughs) Well, it's it's not so much that, you know, I'm competitive or you're competitive, but, I mean, when you you look in God's Word, I mean, generally throughout the Bible, a trophy is, you know, translated as the prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the prize. Yes, I run for the prize. but in First Corinthians and Philippians, you know, it's clear that you know, uh, you know, the, all the metaphors are, you know, you know, you want to you want to get the prize, you, you want that heavenly prize uh, that is before you. But you know, what's interesting about the flip side of that. If you look in Isaiah um, uh, forty-four nine. Um, it, it talks about uh, manufactured idols that that people were, you know, being as as, as the prize, and uh, you know, in those objects, you know, it's talked about are worthless, and you know, but yet so much. You were talking about this whole, you know, football analogy thing. All those prizes are worthless. They're not going to come to you know anything. Okay. Uh, when I'm dying, I'm not going to say, hey, bring me my trophy from the time that we won the championship. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, they're worthless. But part of what, you know, helps us stay firmly footed in our small group ministry as the point person is understanding what is that prize. And that is, you know, obviously it's getting people to heaven and connected with Christ. But when you start backing all that up, God designed the church with temple courts, one talking to many, and house to house, you know, people discussing with each other and developing with each other. And you get the privilege of developing half the engine of the church that the the Book of Acts talks about to help people get that prize. And as a coach, as a player, it's awesome. But as a coach, too, you get a higher degree of satisfaction knowing that you organized all these people around to help get that prize. And that's what I would say. There's so much you can learn from sports. You know, I was told Lisa we should have a, 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 another kid so I can, so hopefully a girl so I can, <laughs> so I can name her Espen uh, or <laughs> yes. ESPN. I'm surprised nobody and, does that uh, yet. That's <laughs> like uh, such a thing. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Lisa's too sensible uh, to go for that. <laughs> 
Uh, she she was. We we do joke that my mistress' name is Espen, but uh, <laughs> but we, we we look at this analogy and and our cultures. I've been in all over. I was I've been uh, I was in Rio when the World Cup was happening. I was doing a conference in there, and it was going you know crazy. Uh, the thing is, our cultures get very excited about sports. Nothing wrong sure. with that, but the amount of all the things that we just talked about make that excitement happen so people can achieve a trophy. And the thing that I would say for each one of us, get get that excited about what you're doing as a small group point person. Mm -hmm. Start to think about, you know, long before, like right now in our time date stamp of this group talk, college football is, you know, one game away from being over. But really this is when it starts in college football because they're on the recruiting trail. And so I would say, right. you know, you've got to be on the recruiting trail so that you can develop talent. You've got to be distinguishing, you know, what's your win. You got to take care of the fundamentals. You got to understand that when you're you, when you're in the season that we're in in small group ministry, there's there's times when you're winning, there's times when you're losing, but it, we're in it for the long haul. We understand that, you know, as a coach. As the point person, you know, you're aligned to the system that your church is a part of and you're maximizing it and you get the equipment and you get the team, but the trophy is we're talking about a spiritual trophy that in eternity, every one of us want to get to the other side and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And in the same way, I I tell all of our leadership, I go, I just want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, because... You know, when when we come to the end of time, God's going to say, "What did you do with the people I gave you?" And and that's that's a lot of responsibility, and that could mm-hmm. be a lot of reward, but that could be you know a very. I, I don't want to have a losing Susan season when I get to the other side. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and the things we won't know until we get to the other side. But I I do think, I mean, we are playing for keeps. Um, and that's what probably engages most of us um, in this game, in the the ministry, that because it's permanent, because it has um, kingdom ramifications, because it matters for eternity, I mean, that that's worth giving our lives to. Um, so I totally agree with you. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Sometimes I want to hear it sooner than, than later. <laughs> but it is it is a long game. <laughs> um, well, thank Sometimes you so I just much. want to hear it. I was going to say, sometimes I just want to hear it when I go home. I just want to hear it from my wife. So, you know. I'll, text her. I'll text her after this call and then let her know that you'd like to hear that. Um, awesome. But thank you so much, Steve. I think there's there's a lot to, to chew on. And depending on, you know, your sports affiliation or otherwise, um, it's kind of now when I watch sports, actually, since we've our team had just kind of our staff, now I called it a team, has kind of adopted some of these things ourselves. Um, when I watch sports, I'm forced to watch sports with my husband. I look at it with a different perspective, and there's a lot of life lessons yeah. and ministry lessons um, in the mix. So thank you for sharing, and I don't know if there's anything else you want to say. I know we're over time, but you're worth it. Nope. So anything else? Just, nope. just go Bucks. <laughs> go Bucks if you're a college football fan. <laughs> Well, by the time this this runs, it'll be uh, Super Bowl time, so we can enjoy the dessert and the dip. That's really what Super Bowl's all about for me. 
um, but we can learn from that. So thank you, Steve. God bless yes, you and your ministry. Thank you for um, dreaming up and being obedient to God when he put the Small Group Network on your heart and um, for leading and when it was just six people uh, on a call with you to what it is today. And I just pray that God would continue to bless our ministry so we can help resource and encourage more Small Group Point leaders. Um, you can follow Steve on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, he's active at uh, Steve Gladen. And, of course, on our Small Group Network Facebook page. If you're not on there um, yet, get on there because there's some really great conversations that happen and people just start threads and it just goes um, and Steve's on there and active and if you want to argue about college football on there, you can do that with him as well. Um, So we'd love to see you engage on that or if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to see those as well. So thank you for listening to Group Talk. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. If you liked what you just heard, we encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com. Also, use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you get all the episodes downloaded automatically. Remember, the Small Group Network exists, so nobody stands alone.